welcome to episode 75 of New Indian Woman podcast airing first in early October 2022 and I am your host Krishna. Hi friends, our guest for today is Dr. Nandita Ayer. She is a medical doctor by training, writer and blogger who discovered her love for cooking in her 20s and opted to do an advanced course in nutrition. Her blog Saffron Trail is very popular. and so is her newsletter satwa and her youtube channel for healthy vegetarian cooking she has been featured in many popular magazines and she writes columns for many of them in her blog she says if you are overwhelmed with all the confusing health information circulating online my medical education helps me break it down for you in simple terms while sticking to scientific facts i really like that She has written the books Everyday Superfoods and The Everyday Healthy Vegetarian. Today we will talk more about her latest book This Handmade Life. Please remember the focus is on the handmade part of it. So welcome Dr. Nandita Ayer. It's nice having you. And for the listeners actually I'm very nervous so you may observe it in my <laughs> voice and all that because I am a reader of her blog and subscriber of her newsletter so it's like uh, yeah a fan moment for me I feel so honored that you are here in this podcast thank you so much Thank you Krishna for inviting me and uh, the honor and the pleasure is entirely mine you know when someone like you invites uh, you know someone to have a conversation about what they do and their latest book it is nothing but an honor please don't be nervous because i think that is my middle name and i wouldn't like anybody else taking it away from me so uh, uh, let's get started okay nandita i'll start with this i like the title of this book and as soon as you announced it it was like you know okay i need to read this this handmade life you know it focuses on what one can do with their own hands especially relevant in today's time and age when we use our hands mostly on some kind of a device mobile laptop tab etc would you like to share the significance of using our hands and especially for women who is most of our audience so yeah the title even before i thought of the book itself just these words this handmade life they really touched me so it's probably funny or silly to say that about one's own book but this title came to me even before the book idea and i just felt a kind of deep connect with these three simple words and uh, you know it felt like it reflects what i do in my everyday life and mm-hmm. it also reflects uh, what people are currently out of touch with and it would be really good for us to go back and reconnect uh, with a few aspects of handmade in our everyday life so i think that was the whole idea behind the title and you know sometimes you think of a whole book and then you're wondering what should i name this book uh, you know what would be an ideal title that captures the essence of the book but in this case it was more like the title came to me first and uh, and the ideas just followed what was the second part of your question though what is the significance of the focus on making with one's own hands especially for women 
you know the women listeners of this podcast so you know women around the world uh, we have been doing things with our hands since time immemorial most of them may have been chores most of them for survival for nurturing the family um uh, and uh, sometimes it's also as a hobby or something uh to break away from the monotony of everyday chores uh you know things like little things uh, like beautification rather than just which is very uh functional so hmm. for example let's look at stone age or maybe those times when uh, men and women would just stitch big pieces of uh, leather Or, hmm. or that kind of stuff with some very like uh, sharp objects and some kind of uh, again a leather strip or something to just hmm. make like a very functional kind of a covering for the body uh, hmm. just from the cold but as as you know the ages passed uh, things like finer things like embroidery and uh, things which were not functional like one could still wear a dress uh, one could still wear a cloth and be yeah. protected from the cold and the nature uh, the embroidery wasn't adding to the protection but that was more for a beauty and the person who did that also did it because they had a lot of maybe they had some spare time on hand so that whole aspect of what we do with our hands for our day to day function which is like maybe we cook something or like the essential things of everyday life versus going one step ahead and doing things uh, just for the joy of it just to appreciate the beauty so hmm. what we do with our hands goes across this whole spectrum and diff- and all of us are in different stages of that spectrum some are uh, you know some are not even doing some basic things with the hands because in the current times it's also easy to outsource a lot of things yeah. uh, especially if you can afford it so uh, you know in india also that labor is cheap so people have stopped stitching or people hmm. have stopped cooking as much or people have stopped uh, you know even abroad maybe people have stopped making their own bread uh, it's easily available it's cheap and or someone else can do it for you so and over a period of time we have lost touch with making things with our hands and uh, you know like any other practice like a music or a dance uh, once we stop doing things with our hands uh, you know it takes a lot of effort to get back take for example the simple act of writing Hmm. Uh, we have used to write everything with our hands and uh, you know personally uh, in school we used to have 3 and 4 hour long exam papers correct, correct. we filled like 15 and 20 supplements and now even i just write a to do list or i was following this practice of journaling in the morning and i feel like after two pages my hand muscles are paining uh, it's just <laughs> that uh, you know something that we are not used to at all for a long time we lose it so it's like use it or lose it right so our hands are capable of such a variety of movements that i have written in my book about in the earlier chapter uh, you know imagine somebody using a power drill kind of thing to dig up a borewell hmm. that kind of a huge uh, you know mechanical kind of a thing that the hands are doing versus a vascular surgery or a fine embroidery that hmm. is fine so from a big movement to a very tiny very measured movement that is the entire range of movements our hands can do and uh, by just using our hands to scroll through our phones uh, you know I, i just cannot imagine how much we are losing out on and i am yeah. also guilty as charged i'm not speaking from a higher ground out here that i'm doing all this 
but it was also a lesson to myself to write this book to get back more in touch with doing things with my hands and uh, freeing up my hands for what they were actually meant to do so beautiful and there is this joy even this uh, writing with the uh, pen that you were talking about a few years back i resumed writing with pen and ink pen i like big fat ink pens and that happiness i get so now i have moved even to to do list and things like that with ink pen you know somehow putting a tick mark or crossing off something or even descriptively writing a letter the joy it brings whenever you use hands even stitching is something where i try to stitch my own clothes and i know it is not as good as what if i were to give it to someone who does it professionally but i think the happiness of doing it with hand makes up for the lesser skill and things like that so yeah, the same totally. is true for uh, yeah sorry same yeah. is true for when we do cooking or anything that happiness that comes uh, out of doing even if it is imperfectly of doing something be it cooking whatever it is and i feel for all the listeners that is the some joy rediscovery of joy is what uh, one should examine i would say uh, right you were saying something sorry i interrupted yeah. no very true and uh, i think uh, the point that you made about uh, not being afraid of imperfections now just take for example the same handwriting uh you know even though uh, i had like a really good handwriting in school but not writing for so many years uh, and just typing away and now i write i feel like my handwriting is very scattered it doesn't have that character that i it mm. used to have in school days but again something like that shouldn't stop me from writing more you know when someone starts gardening they always say i kill all my plants but that shouldn't stop you from trying and seeing what your mistakes were and redoing it like the first loaf of bread or cake people make it always turns out like a brick it would be a miracle if it turns out perfect so i think uh the imperfection is the beauty of handmade and it also teaches you that it's a journey it's not like it's going to come perfectly the first time and the same is true it's it's like in any art form like music or dance uh, no one is going to get it right on the first attempt but once you practice it 10 times 50 times 100 times the effortless uh, fluidity with which it will come uh, no matter what the craft is or what the art is and that journey is something you look back yeah what i also wanted to ask is see i sometimes wonder in another 20 25 years we will just lose this being in touch with our hands or doing things with our hands and i feel the present generation all of us regardless of our age group we owe it to our children and future generations to like rediscover using our hands we grew up seeing our parents grandparents doing things with their hands while we may have so many excuses about time on one side i really feel there is a foundation that we need to create in our family where children see the importance of doing with hands so what is your take on it uh yeah i'm completely in agreement with you and uh, it's not just the mothers uh, although your podcast is aimed at women but uh, the impact that uh, a child the impact on a child from watching both parents actually working with their hands and uh, being creative 
and doing these kind of fulfilling things in their spare time and not just watching a screen is uh, is so much uh, and the child like we always say like children when you do something they copy it better than you telling them something right they are not going to correct, listen correct. to our words but they will uh, they will mirror our actions and uh, just by seeing that these things can be done because you know some um, a lot of children don't know how potatoes grow how tomatoes grow that grows under the ground this grows over the ground hmm. uh, you know uh, like uh, a simple thing like methi leaves you can see when it goes to seed that actual methi seed grows as beans so hmm. these are all things that we take for granted when we are actually doing this but a lot of children like sometimes you know some of my neighbors kids they come and see my garden and they're like completely fascinated when i say okay this is like ginger growing under the ground um because i mean forget that even my generation growing up in bombay i didn't have access to any garden or anything mm-hmm. so when i started doing this some 10 years ago it was all like an utter fascination for me mm-hmm. knowing how this grows how that grows and uh, i think children just watching uh, i mean uh, children when they watch that you know just a bunch of ingredients like some flour eggs and sugar and butter goes into the oven and it becomes a cake uh, yeah. that is like magic right and but what's the comparison to something that's coming out of a plastic cover and you rip it off and eat a cake or something that you order in uh, right. you know i'm not saying uh, everything should be made by hand and that of course uh, especially in the indian society the burden just becomes more on the woman because mm. uh, most everything handmade is like such a gendered thing in the present times that uh, it's all uh, seen as a woman's duty to make things with her hand and serve the food or stitch someone's clothes or whatever that is right correct or tend to a garden uh, or make pickles like have you ever heard of too many men doing this kind of work <laughs> so uh, while it's totally fine to order the cakes and uh, get ready made clothes or get it stitched but just being aware that the kids being aware that these kind of things can be done at home yeah. it's no rocket science to make a bread or make a cake or uh, you know stitch a piece of garment or uh, do a little bit of crochet uh, i think that is a, a great eye opener for kids growing up and in fact i've had friends whose kids went to a kind of an alternate school where even the boys were taught to crochet at a very young age this is quite recent because it improves their fine motor skills and it just uh, helps in overall better brain development so it's not just uh, to watch and be uh, amazed and enamored but it also has a lot of uh, you know positive side effects such as yeah. these yeah sometimes we we want this kind of research also to help us in terms of uh, you know reintroducing such things in our lives mm, one thing i wanted to say is when we saw our parents grandparents doing it we but when we grew up getting things outsourced was more aspirational you know the media everywhere so if you if you are somebody who got everything done by others or you got everything bought from a shop was more aspirational than making because making with hands was the normal the regular stuff happening around us now it is like we are coming back into that cycle where making with hands should also become aspirational i feel you know living in these times we should we have the responsibility of making it aspirational for our children based on all the benefits that it gives 
right no that's true and you've put it beautifully uh, it was definitely not aspirational to you know stitch your own clothes or uh, you know make your own food yeah people would just think of it as like what is this boring stuff and yeah. uh, you know how boring is this person that she's doing all these things yeah. but i think uh, in today's times if you see a lot of uh, even a lot of conscious living websites and online shopping sites have come up in such a big way where the focus is totally on uh, handmade consciously made consciously made organic stuff there's so yeah. much focus and so much respect for that that i'm pretty sure that it's going to revive that uh, art form or revive mm-hmm. these crafts and uh, put back the respect for handmade over like mass produced but very cheaply available stuff but yeah. uh, over you know a handmade but slightly more expensive but more consciously made products correct so i would like to touch upon this other point which i really liked in a book where you said our parents and grandparents were not hovering over us all the time and you were telling this in an more of an autobiographical kind of a thing where you were left to explore many things and how you discovered the joy and rediscovered that joy much later i want to touch upon two things here one is we as parents yeah we are hovering around our children most of the time and we think that is what we need to do point one and at the same time we say that we don't have time to spare from your book i felt there is a slight adjustment required we can find some time by not hovering around our children letting them explore at the same time using that time to rediscover the use of our hands and i really like that you have given lot of time uh, management or finding time and f- how to use leisure time all those techniques also which i really like yeah so i think the first thing when i talk to anyone about uh, uh, you know making something like making soaps or spending time in the garden or even when i post such things on social media uh, people often ask me like where do you find the time does your day have more than 24 hours and you know of course they're kidding uh, but it's also that uh, you know i find that these things are essential to my day and my life and they are not something i just uh, uh, you know do because i have some extra time but i i make sure that i do something in hmm. the day like at, you know and it's not like there are seven chapters in my book and i will talk about them in a bit Uh, and i don't i i don't at all do everything in one day or even in a month like i have a crochet phase and then i have a soap making phase and you know when i make soaps i make like 60 70 bars of them in different mm-hmm. uh, with different essential oils and different properties so i will continue using them for months and even if i'm gifting it away to friends and relatives there's still enough so it's mm-hmm. not something i have to do every day uh you know we make some podies or something for the kitchen they last for a month hmm. uh you know some pickles last for a year so the timeline of each of these products is so different and it's not like i have to sit and do everything every day uh but the idea is that the idea behind talking about seven different skills is that different people may uh, you know have different interests and something hmm. or the other will appeal to everybody so it right. is to make sure that people find one hook among these seven skills to get to the process of handmade and you know once you get into that and you experience the process and you experience the joy and fulfillment that comes out of it then there's no stopping you because 
invariably i find that people who do one thing with their hands they're all, always interested in a lot more things which is true of the people i have interviewed in my book as well they also make you know their spice mixes they'll be into some fermentation they'll be into some crochet they'll be making some soaps and when you realize that all these require very little bits of your time uh, mm-hmm. even soap making it's literally like 20 it's it's i often say it's faster than making a cake because it's literally 20 minutes of active time mm-hmm. and then it it cures for 3 weeks and all but you don't have to do anything it's just <laughs> sitting by itself and yeah. then you have soaps for the next 3 months by just like spending yeah. 20 minutes and yeah. the best quality of ingredients and you know exactly what's gone into it and you've customized it to suit your skin. I feel like, uh, uh, you know, finding time is like, uh, it, it's we shouldn't like uh, overwhelm ourselves by saying that each thing is going to take so long and how am I going to make time for it? Because uh, all of these exercises, especially the ones I've started off, you know, in my book and I've given these projects, they're all like taking very little bits of time. Uh, so that's your second part of the question. And the first, what you talked about not hovering over our children and freeing our own time, which is very true. I think as present generation parents, we think like, you know, uh, we take on too much and we feel like we have to be monitoring them all the time. We have to, you know, right from imagine when they are young, setting up play dates. Now, mm-hmm. you know, we would just run out of the house when it's <laughs> evening and come back at eight or whenever it was dinner time. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember ever having anyone, like anyone ever having set up a play date for me. And when my son was growing up, like we had to fix a time with enough because he's a teenager. And, uh, you know, we had to fix up a time with some other parents. Are you at home? Can we bring them? Are they going to eat something? I mean, we just, we just make this small thing about two kids playing with each other such a big deal and requiring so much thought and planning and everything. Uh, and we just also plan our kids' activities to such an extent, leaving them with no free time to do their own thing or just fool around the house or just be yeah. themselves. Like, uh, I know many kids who are being sent to like five, six different classes other than school. And uh, I think that just uh, deprives a child of, of course, firstly of their childhood. And then also of just being able to explore things with their hands, doing something you know, creating something which left to themselves, they would have done it anyway. Hmm. Uh, you know, so I feel like hyper planning our kids' lives and thereby also getting ourselves into so much of a fix and so much of our time and energy goes into that. Yeah. So I feel like uh, letting go and letting them explore things by themselves is also a good way for them to understand what they like doing rather than us pushing them into different classes yeah. and stuff like that. That's too structured. Friends, with this, we come to the end of part one of this two-part series. In the next episode, we will be discussing more on the book, The Seven Skills Nandita was referring to. Aren't you waiting to figure out which is the one you will hook on to? Thanks for listening and take care till we meet next time.